0: Well, um, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, and we ask now that you would come and teach us. So Lord, would you guide me, and would you guide each one of us here in this room to hear what you have to say to us? Amen. Um, We met as a pastoral staff and did some strategizing earlier this year, and one of the things that we really felt the Lord was emphasizing was to bring out some of the old treasures, to bring out uh, things that that the church has been really good at throughout the ages, but maybe isn't so good at now. And uh, this is, today's message is going to dovetail quite a bit with uh, what we have done a little bit in this uh, uh, Kingdom Identity class on Wednesday nights, and also with what I've been doing with the college group on Saturday nights. So... um, I don't apologize for those of you guys who are going to be reviewed because this is practice and that's part of the message. That's right. I'm looking at you guys. Um, So, uh, but we're going to talk about worshiping God. We're doing a series now on worship um, and worshiping with all of our minds. Um, So worship, as we said last week, as Joshua taught and worship is inevitable. Every person worships, whether or not they realize it, whether or not they're bowing down, everybody worships. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a question of how are we going to worship. And, and uh, as he pointed out last week, we don't get to make up the way that we worship God. God says, here's what I want. And, he, and, and calls us to worship Him in, in certain ways. Um, and uh, this is one of the things that Paul mentions in that regard. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are not above or, excuse me, seek the things that are above where Christ is. seated at the right hands of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And this dovetails really well with what he says in uh, Romans uh, 12. To don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And he links that with our spiritual act of worship. There's a, there's a part of worship. We can worship as we did up here uh, this morning, as it, through the singing of hymns and thing and, and 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 celebratory songs, all these different things. That's one beautiful way that we worship, but that's not the only way we worship. There's a whole lot of ways that worship uh, that He calls us to worship, and one of these is to worship with our minds, to be renewed in our minds, and to to conform more to His image. Uh, let's uh, look a little bit at what uh, the uh, Bible scholar John Gill had to say about this first. He just goes line by line here on the, this first part of it. Set your minds on things that are above. Uh, the word freneto, that, that's the word that means set your minds. Everyone say freneto. Congratulations. You guys all speak uh, Greek now. I'm so impressed. Yes, the word freneto signifies to mind them, the mind of the things above, okay, uh, uh, and think on them, to favor and approve them. To be affectionately desirous of them. He's bringing out these different shades of meaning of, of, of this word. To be concerned for them. For where the treasure is, the heart should be. And as the saints' best things are above, their minds and affections should be above likewise. Their citizenship is in heaven, and they must highly prize and value heavenly things. Isn't that good? Our citizenship is in heaven, so we ought to value with our minds and our hearts the things that are above. And, um, he says, not on the things that are on earth. Here's John Gilligan. Ha, Gilligan, ha, that was an accident. Not mind, we should not mind earth and earthly things. Uh, temporal enjoyments, riches, and honors, and, uh, and through them... Food and raiment and the necessaries of life are to be sought after and cared and provided for, yet not with anxiety and perplexity of mind, in an over uh, thoughtful and distressing manner. In other words, we all understand there are typical day to day cares in this life. We get that. We get that there's stuff that our minds have to go to. Yet, we're not called to dwell on those things in perplexing, distressing manners. Yet, I don't know about you guys, but that's hard. So let's—I I, want to drill down a little bit mentally on this. So let's—I just want to start with, um, let, let's get the, the, that end part right, not with anxiety and perplexity of mind and an overthoughtful and distressing, distress. Okay, who did that? <laughs> Is that Mr. Bearden? Did you add that slide in? Okay, distressing manner. That was, okay, I'm gonna do <laughs> let's actually Let's go to the beginning instead. Okay, um, so not we should not mind earth and earthly things. Uh, temporal, what? What are you doing back there? I, I, sorry, we're not minding those earthly things that are popping up. So no, we're not minding them. So try this one more time. Temporal enjoyments, riches and... Watch immediately, great, great, temporal enjoyments. Do you see why it's hard to set our minds on things above? Us, in this age, it's difficult because you have distressing, stressful things like this election that's already been going on for two years and won't die. We've got those things, very serious things. We have trivial things. We have distractions all over the place. Here's, here's, uh, um, come on, here's, here's your brain and here's all these things, finances, your households, the economy, the news, you and your friends think about it all. And we, we run from thing to thing and we keep ourselves caffeinated just so we can keep up with everything. And then we get home, we fall apart and we're like, Let's watch a show. And, that, and for too many of us, that's the pace, and our minds are so cluttered. This is your brain on 2016, right there. And I'm sorry, I really am, because this makes it very hard for us to set our minds on things above. It makes it very hard for us to worship him with all of our mind. Are you with me? Yeah, I thought so. In the middle of it all comes stress, and that makes it even more difficult. That keeps us in this anxious feeling when we, as believers in Christ, are called to rise above that anxiousness and called to offer the world a kind of hope, a a kind of hope that's not stressed and jittery, a kind of hope that, that, that can speak peace to the anxious places, but it's really hard when we're there too. How do we set our minds on things above? How do we worship God in these cluttered, distracted minds? I think we need to ask the psalmist. David understood one or two things about worship. In fact, the psalms were Jesus' own prayer book. They were the things he went to. And the psalmist begins His entire book, there's 150 psalms, right? The book of Psalms begins with these words. Check this out. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You see, he's got these things over here. He's got the counsel of the wicked. He's got the, the way of sinners. He's got the seats of scoffers, and they're all around him. But blessed is the man who doesn't dwell in any of those places. He doesn't, he doesn't immerse himself in any of those places. His law and his, his, or his delight and his meditation is on something different. It, it, it's on the, the words of, of the Lord. And that man is blessed But it goes on to say, he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. He's not going to get washed away. His roots are going to go deep and he's going to grow despite, despite all those foreign elements around him that would seek to, to, uh, to, to distract and to corrupt the beautiful thing that God is doing. That word... That word, meditate, is an interesting word. It's used all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the Psalms, and uh, but today it's one of these old treasures that I think we've forgotten. Uh, the church has used has has had a, a place for Christian meditation all through the centuries, and I think it's only been recently. Um, that the evangelical church has gone, yeah, I don't know, and has gotten a little squeamish about it. And mostly it's just because there's a thing called transcendental meditation that's far, far different. This is not the same thing. Eastern meditation, transcendental meditation is about the emptying of one's mind. Christian meditation has always been different. It's about filling, God's, filling your minds with the ways of God and the words of God. It is a far different thing. So if that's a word that makes you nervous, I understand I really do. But I want to tell you, this is part of of Christian worship, and it always has been. Even before Christ came, David himself uh, prescribed this over and over again. And I think it's the missing key. I really do. I think it's a huge missing key that we have. And it's one of the reasons we're so anxious is we don't know how to do this anymore. So I want to talk a little bit about this thing that we call meditation. What did the psalmist meditate on? whole bunch of things. The word itself pops up 13 times, but he describes it in a myriad of different ways all the way through. He meditates on the precepts of God, the things that God has spoken, the wonders of God, the amazing deeds that he's done, not only in the life of David, of which there were many, but in the life of his of history, of his, his people, uh, the wonders of God, the goodness of God, the times that the Lord drew near, the time that, that, that he came close And he could feel his presence, right? The promises of God. David let the promises of God wash over him. He thought about them. He he let his mind dwell on them. He he turned the promises, sort of turning them around in the light, seeing various shades uh, and colors coming through. You see? That's what it means. The the majesty of God. He meditated on that too. The glory of the Lord. The beauty, the overwhelming, awe-inspiring glory of the Lord. The word of God. He meditated on the scriptures themselves. These are things that he did. And we we read uh, his his words sometimes. And he's obviously full of of fear sometimes. And full of uh, anger even at God. And he doesn't understand. But here's what he does. He begins to meditate on God's goodness midway through the psalm. And by the end he's praising God. Have you ever noticed that? It happens over and over again in the Psalms. I'll give you one great example. This is, this is great. There's, there's uh, Psalm 42 and 43. Really, I don't know why they divided those, because it's obviously one Psalm, but um, anyway. So there's this one part. He's going through, and he starts, why are you in despair, O oh my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Uh, he says in verse eight. Oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan. Mm and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why are you disturbed within me? (laughs) Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Do you see what he's done? He started out in despair, and he can see it, Then he's scared, and his enemies are all around him. And then he begins to remember God's goodness. He's obviously in nature at this time, or or had been enough there to picture these, these mountains. I'm like, Lord, you are glorious. You are big. Lord, you are good. Lord, you've come through. You are a good, faithful. Why are you so downcast in my soul? Hope in God. Hope in that God. And he's turned it around to praise That's good. That's, that's a ninja skill right there. And you know what? We can do it too. What it requires is that we quiet down all the anxieties and create a space where he actually can speak into those places, where he can speak into those anxieties. See, here's what's happening. I heard this comedian talking about this, and this is actually really, really poignant. He's talking about how, how sometimes we, these things, these little demonic devices that we all have, that, that we're walking around and you might start feeling Anxiety or fear or regret or something, start feeling something that you don't like, and what do we do? We grab this thing and then we start going, Oh, I better scroll through the same news feed for hours on end. Why? I don't really know. Maybe it's because I'm trying not to feel all my feelings, as Joshua would say. And I wonder sometimes, what if, what if we just put that kind of stuff away and let ourselves feel all the anxieties and then ask Jesus to come to those places, speak to him the way David did. You guys, I think this is what we've got to do in this day and age. We've got to. So here we are. Meditation is a spiritual exercise in the same way that it, we have physical exercises. This is a spiritual exercise. It's something you have to make yourself do. You can't do it by accident or else you'll begin to just meditate on all the things you've been watching or reading or, you know what I mean? Because like, we do. We meditate during the day on all kinds of other things. So why is it so hard to meditate on him? Well, it's because we've let our mind dwell on the insecurities of the things that are happening in the news, or on what our friends thought about this thing, all these different things, or on the Netflix show we've been binging. So this is a spiritual exercise. If we want our minds to begin to be able to go to those places and surrender them over, we actually have to practice it. It's not going to happen automatically. So meditation is a way for us to practice telling our hearts and minds, Hope in God. It's a way for all those things that have been cluttering our mind to fade. It's essential, guys. Two ways that you can practice meditation. Two ways to to do this. One is just to meditate on the goodness of God, and and to be able to to use meditation itself as 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 prayer, basically. And I've been doing this quite often lately, actually, of just coming to the Lord and just sitting before him and doing exactly what I just mentioned, letting myself feel all the anxieties that are there and then asking him to take them. It's really something, if you can do that, here's what happens, you know. Lord, I'm really having a bad day right now with my son and it's really kind of stressing me out. So Lord, I just want to give him to you. He's your son first. I just want to give him to you, Lord. I want to to give you the anxiety that I have towards him and I want to release it to you. And Lord, I've got this sermon coming up that I don't know, I'm, I'm torn on in so many ways and I'm stressed out about it. Lord, can I give that to you as well? And Lord, I had a fight with my wife. Can I give that to you? And then, Lord, what can you give me now? Can I have your peace instead of those things? Can I have your joy instead of those things? Lord, can I have the knowledge of Christ instead of those things? And you guys, he does it. We talk so much about giving things to God, but how rarely do we ever actually take time to do it? To go to those places. Sometimes I'll even do uh, uh, just something physical, like something physical of like, Lord, I just drop these things. I just drop these things. (laughs) All these things, can I just drop them here? You can catch them or you can bury them, I don't care. Now, Lord, what do you want to give me in return? You see, sometimes our posture even can help in those things so that our hearts begin to align uh, with what we're praying. So that's, that's one way, and I strongly encourage you to do that, to go to those places, um, because it, he, 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 he makes that exchange for us. He really does. The second one is to meditate on Scripture itself. Um, and... Uh, there's, there's lots of ways to do any of this. It, it, I, and People have done it, all different Christians throughout the ages have practiced all different ways to do this. So to me, it's not about the method. But here's the concept this isn't like dipping a tea bag once in, in, in a cup of hot water. This is like letting that tea bag soak in the hot water. And we all know what happens when that, you, the, the flavors begin to be permeated all throughout that cup. And then you're able to taste more than you would if you just dipped it several times. It's immersing. So we're letting our, our minds be immersed in scripture. So this is different than study. This is different. We're not getting out a whole bunch of books. We're not reading a whole lot. This is different than just trying to read for like a life journal thing. Don't try to meditate when you're life journaling. <laughs> That's not gonna work. There's two the passages are too big. This is something different entirely. This is about letting our hearts and our minds be aligned toward what God's saying and asking him to speak through his word directly to us. So, so um, just some, some handles of uh, uh, different ways people do this. You can picture it. Don't be afraid to visualize things in your mind. Uh, that God gave us an imagination. Our imaginations are actually good. We always talk about the bad side because obviously you can imagine bad things as well. But our imaginations are gifts from the Lord. So as you're reading these beautiful images that David's talking about in the, in the Psalms, picture it. Just the same way as you would picture David battling Goliath. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing. Uh, second, you might want to pronounce it in, in different ways. Like, for example, you could say the verse aloud, and each time you could emphasize a different word and start to pick up some of those different flavors of meaning. We me will give you an example here uh, from John um, 11, 25, when Jesus says this. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, try this. Try saying this over and over again, each time with a different emphasis, right? The first one, I, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. How about this one? I am the resurrection and the life. You see how that's different? I am the resurrection and the life. 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 <laughs> See, each one of these can end up bringing out new things. Now, we're not asking anybody to write new theologies on any of this. We're just trying to—we're uh, trying to seep in more and more of the flavor of what uh, uh, is there, and asking the Holy Spirit to join us in that. Um, so that's one way. And finally, so, some people like to do this—to paraphrase it, or so to rewrite the verse in their own words. Now. Don't worry, this isn't heresy. You're not trying to write a new Bible translation and say, this is the way it needs to be. So don't worry about that if that's a concern for you. You really, this is all allowed. You're a child of the king. This is simply about trying to state it in a new way so your heart can become more alive to what's been said. Um, so you could take that same verse, for example, and just rewrite it with different words and you can keep going and doing all, you know, doing it over and over again. could say, I'm the resurrection, I'm the conqueror of death. I am the author of being and re-being. You see, you could do it. You could make it all poetic and fun, and you could just keep going with it so that your mind and your heart becomes more attached to this thing and that you can hear more of what the Spirit's trying to say. So those are three ways to do it. And you know, we're actually, we're, we're gonna practice it now. We're gonna do something that we don't do very often in modern churches like this. We're gonna, we're gonna be silent, and we're gonna be still, just like David calls us to do, be still and know that I'm God. We're gonna have a scripture verse up here that we'll read in just a second. We're gonna put on some background music so we don't listen to each other sniffing and things like that. And throws our we're we're gonna sit still and we're gonna we're gonna meditate on the words of the Lord. And you can you can do either one of these things that I mentioned. You can just meditate on the goodness of God and, and ignore the scripture for now if you want, or you can look and, and, and read it and, and and do maybe one of these things, but. Ask the Lord to speak to, to you and, and uh, uh, just, just practice this in the silence. Um, so here's the verse, okay? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. We're going to put on some music now, and let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in the silence now as we still our hearts, We invite you to come in the silence and dwell with us and speak to us now. Robert. We did this in the first service. Uh, I saw something different than I saw this time. I don't know how you guys felt, but I, I was talking with Matthew Wicks afterward, and, and uh, he was telling me what he did. And he, was, he said he just closed his eyes and was picturing, this is his first verse taste and see. He's picturing a big banqueting table and talk, talking about the, the, the anticipation of smelling a meal that's been cooked. Now how it starts getting in your senses, you know, and you're like, oh, I can smell it. I can see it. I'm about to taste it. The Lord is good. All we need to do, guys, is create quiet places. And that's, that's the difficult part, isn't it? But if we create quiet places and let our hearts go and dwell there. I promise you this, we'll hear him speak more than we do now. Do you know why? It's this simple. He still speaks in whispers most of the time. It'd be a lot easier if he spoke in audible voices all the time, I know. But he hasn't. He's not in the fire, he's not in the wind. He he speaks in whispers. And in order to hear him, we've gotta quiet down our minds, we've gotta quiet down our hearts. But this, this can become a part of our practice. This can become a part of who we are as followers of Jesus, that we don't get overwhelmed, that we don't get caught in these earthly battles, that we don't get so crushed by concerns, by news elements, by all these other things, because we have peace. Why do we have peace? Because we've quieted our hearts before him, and we've attuned our eyes on him. And creating quiet places, that's harder for some of us than it is for others. If you have a bunch of kids like I do, that's not necessarily an easy thing. But it can be done. Here's how I do it. I put on headphones. This is, you might laugh at this. I put on headphones and I listened to a thunderstorm. I downloaded a one hour thunderstorm on MP3, I did. Doesn't that sound like totally cheesy or new agey or something? It's not I'm from Texas. I love thunderstorms. They have a calming effect on me. And the other thing is it makes so much white noise I can't hear anything. I can't hear Winnie the Pooh blasting from the other room. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I can focus on him. I can focus on listening to him. The other so so that might be one solution for us. Another I, I think this is important, this is very practical. Don't try to use this, please. These are wonderful tools, I know, for so many different things. These are terrible tools for quieting your heart. These are not good for devotions, guys, because all those things that we saw pop up before in my slideshow—they pop up here all the time. This is a distraction machine. So, if you're looking to quiet your hearts, please don't try to use this. I understand you can for times of study or what you we know, reading or whatever else, but not when you're trying to get close to Jesus. This doesn't help. This actually—for—I for, think let's just be honest. Maybe there's a few of us who can handle this, but most of us can't. This thing gets in the way of being with Jesus. And it's a sad thing because these and technology have become close to God's and we gotta be able to set those things aside. They're gonna get in the way. Do do this, get one of these if you don't have one. Paper Bibles, (laughs) they don't have notifications, it's great. You don't even have to turn them off, there's no Wi-Fi. You can just sit and it's just the words, man. In fact, get a simple paper Bible, too, that doesn't have a bunch of numbers and footnotes all over the place and have all these study notes. Don't, don't, don't bother with it. Just get one that has the words, just the words. And sit and read the words. Okay? Let's, let's find these ways to quiet our hearts more. But I just believe so strongly, guys, this is why I've been emphasizing so much in all these different groups, because I believe this is what the Lord's saying now. We are so distracted. There's so much noise around us. Let's set our affections on him. Let's set our ears on him and allow him to speak peace and allow him to to show himself to us. Can we do that? Lord, I pray for the grace. I pray for the grace of your Holy Spirit to give us the ability to quiet our hearts before you. I pray that you would give us the wherewithal to see even the temptations of distraction and to say no, no to eschew those things, and then to affix our hearts on you. Help us to be still and know your God. Help us to worship you with our minds like you've called us to. Help us to remember the great things that you've done and to find rest in your character, in your goodness. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our uh, prayer servant team is going to be up here on both sides. If you'd like prayer for anything, including anything we talked about today, uh, we invite you to come forward. Otherwise, we'll see some of you Wednesday and some of you next week.